Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. Kevin, you hesitated. I thought uh, you were thinking of your name for a second. <laughs> I wanted to give you the full like pleasure of saying your name and and oh oh uh, I haven't heard I haven't heard you with your voice in a really long time, Rob. So it's I was just savoring it really. Oh Jesus! Wow, that you know what? That's actually true because we we haven't seen each other for about a month. I know, and it, it feels I feel very deprived. It, it's very strange because we we have spent virtually every single day together for the last. Year, <laughs> a month is a really long time. <laughs> I hope your wife doesn't mind, but I snuck into the house and I took one of your flannels and I just sleep with it at night. <laughs> and, and I and I and I quietly put on Gene Kelly's clown around. Oh and just, okay, you know what though? I okay, I learned two things recently. Um, I learned that there are two holy grails of the cast recording and as i'm saying this i'm looking up the second one because i i cannot remember what it's called but clown around is considered one of the holy grails of cast album collecting um i never knew and so, i've and never went, heard of it and i promptly it's gene kelly and i promptly went on ebay to try to find it hundred dollars hundred dollars oh. for the lp never happens anymore really yeah i'm just serious kevin i i will give you 50 or just, just <laughs> send me the link. I don't need to eat this week. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I'm trying to look up the other one right now because um, I, I couldn't remember. But oh. I'll come back to you on that. But there's another one that is another rare 19, like in the 50s or 60s, like a demo album. Um, and again, and I looked that one up, and that was like $300. Um, and I can't remember what it's called right now. But I'll, someone's like probably saying out loud right now, and is like, Kevin, you should know this. Um, but so, okay, so wait a minute. But so clown around, if I Meanwhile, remember correctly. Side side note: the uh, cast album uh, website has completely changed. Everybody. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Wait, is this your castalbums.org? Oh yeah, that I did my whole thing on. I believe it's like, or am I on? Oh wait, nope, I'm on the wrong one. Oh gosh, that's probably why you're that's looking why at the Sam Goody website or something. I went to castalbum.com. Oh well, that, that's different than castalbums.org. 
Oh gosh, it's down. That's so weird. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Cut this out because <laughs> I'm just a total. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're, no. you're so sad. Okay. Well, okay. Are, so, uh, I re- clown around. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, uh, it was Gene Kelly, but it was like in the 70s. It wasn't like MGM Gene Kelly. No. It was like yeah. old Gene Kelly. Old Gene Kelly. That's correct. Um, and, and it was, and I guess it was like not really commercially released. Um, oh, it's on Masterworks here. Yeah, it's got a really funky cover, very colorful, almost like the, co- like the cover of The Grind. It was recorded in 1972 by RCA Victor. Um, and this is not my favorite thing, but I'm obsessed that A, I never ever heard of it. Uh, Moose Charlock did the, did the music. Uh, and I, I just, I never knew. I never knew that this was a musical. Um, and listeners, uh, you know, school me because I didn't know. <laughs> or just send us $50 or $100. So we yeah. can buy the bootleg, and then no, we'll, we'll, we'll send play it, to it for you. Oh, this article, like Peter Felicia did the article on this on uh, Blobby Masterworks. So uh, if you're ever if you're curious about Clown Around, go there and check out what Peter was talking. I'm going to see Peter tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. You got to ask him. You got to ask him about it. Oh my God! I hope Peter doesn't mind me asking him like 90 million questions about the most. Are you kidding musicals. me? Nevertheless, he loved it. He loved every moment of it. <laughs> he does. He does indeed. God bless him. He sent me an article which isn't online, and it's so good. It's an article of his called How Musicals Ruin My Marriage. <laughs> and it's okay. so... It's, it, Peter's talked about this before, but his first wife... Um, or not, wife, Linda. Just say, cause, not Linda. Not Linda, because Linda's just his girlfriend. Linda's just right. his girlfriend. Um, of 20-something dra- years. Yeah. yeah uh, who used to, he used to drag his ex-wife, though, to like every single horrible musical that was playing in Boston or Baltimore or right. this way and that way. And so anyway, that's the whole article is about how the musical sort of just ruined his, his, uh, his marriage. <laughs> but it's oh, a great article. And I, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be starting on something so optimistic. Um, <laughs> hey, can I tell you something? Yes. So I, I want to – may I give a shout-out, Kevin? May I do a shout-out? Uh, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, thank God. You better. Uh, um, so I went back to my hometown for a month. Okay. In Thousand Oaks, California. And the community theater that I grew up at uh, was doing chess. Oh, wow. I, ambitious. I know. <laughs> Very <laughs> ambitious. <laughs> Because I, I hear that 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 score that script comes with a disclaimer that says you can rearrange the scenes if you can make it work. Well, that's what the director did. The director apparently really likes chess, so he just sort of like picked and choose yep. for what he wanted to do. But because nobody really does chess anymore, they couldn't get anybody <laughs> auditioning for it. So the mu the music director. Uh, and uh, there were two music directors and their respective spouses, not only music director of the show, they were also in the ensemble because they couldn't get enough people. Oh, bless. How, how dedicated is that? Oh, I love that. So anyway, I grew up at this theater. Uh, it was called the Conejo Players Theater. And um, when I went there, oh, my gosh, I was treated like a king because they all know me from the podcast. Really? Yeah. I was really, like, excited, like, okay, so everyone came up and said hi to me and stuff, but then I found out that the, one of the women who works at the, um, at the theater, her son loves our podcast, oh. and she's like, he wanted me to give this to you, and he made a drawing of me. Oh, I saw that. I saw that online, yes. His name is Jake Fagundis. He's a talented young artist, 
And I was so Kevin, I was touched. Somebody made a portrait Aww. of me. And what I love is he actually gave me a jawline. Yeah, I noticed that you look really good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I actually it's on my bathroom mirror, so every morning I wake up, you will look like this. <laughs> <laughs> you will, Rob. You do. You already do, Rob. Oh. Aww. And I then it. when oh, I was in so cool. In LA, how cool is this? Um remember when you were talking about the John Kenley players? Uh yeah, that's what come. Okay, so there's a young man. He's only 19 years old. He loves our podcast. His name is Addison. Guess what he decided to do because he was so inspired by your favorite thing. He's uh, he's 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 gonna have a theater called the John Kenley Players, and it's gonna be in Long Island Beach. Good guess, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I don't know. I, I don't know. So he's, he's gonna do a, he's gonna do a documentary on John Kenley. Yes, and he was inspired specifically from you talking about him. Oh, bless him. Uh, oh, that is so cool. That is Isn't that incredible? Cool? Yeah. It's Addison oh. Calvin. Oh, man. Oh, Addison, thank you. Well done, sir. So I was supposed to say on air, because he said it was okay, if anybody knows anything about the Kenley players, like you worked there or you knew John Kenley personally, mm-hmm. tweet mm-hmm. us or message us, because we'd love to get you in touch with Addison, because he's got lots of questions. Oh, that's great. Yeah, definitely. Private message us, whatever you want to do. Yeah, reach out. So we can oh, get that, uh, that's great. We, lo- we love the private messages, by the way. Oh, yeah. We get, we get so many of them. and we, 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 I was very thankful for all of our listeners this year. Oh, that's great. I, that's really cool, Rob. I'm really happy for that. Well, well we, did you go around the table and go, I was thankful for? We did a variation of that. Yes, we did. And because I was with my family down south and it was an unexpected uh, trip since we were able to all be together. Uh, My dad's been sick and he was able to get away. And so we really had a wonderful time. And that was, I think that was what we were all thankful for the most. Um, But anyway, I'm sorry, interrupted you. Keep going, Rob. Oh, no, you didn't for me at all. I wanted to see what you did for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. It was so wonderful. And we just, we sat around and we decorated the tree and, you know, all of those you know, family things that we used to do. And I have a sister and she's got a whole family now. Um, and she was able to come up as well. And we just did all those, you know, traditional things that you, uh, we thought we were going to miss out on this year and we ended up not being, uh, being able to do it. So it was very special. Very special. Oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me so, yeah. so happy. That's really lovely. I, I sang yeah. Turkey Lurkey time for everyone who was asked to leave the room. But, oh, I know. definitely played it full blast in, when I was taking a shower. Uh, I it's definitely a- did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very lovely, Kevin. And Sutton was, like, Sutton was like brushing your teeth or something, and she was like, what is this song? And I'm like, it's Brad Black. She's like, yeah, I guess so. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever I'm like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like an office party song. It, it doesn't really further the plot. It's just fun. <laughs> I just naked yelling in the shower. Oh, then you should have seen me trying to do the choreography of that, like, lady standing on the table with her hands and, like, with the head going side. I'm doing it right now as I'm talking to you. But, like, da 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 And she's like... (laughs) I I think we should have a joint family holiday together. I think... Because my family hasn't met your family. I think we should all all get together somewhere and everyone can meet each other. I like that. That'd be fun. My dad had lots of suggestions about the podcast when I was out in oh, California. Yep. What he, were some of the good ones? Well, he said that if you ever get sick, he'll go on with me. Oh, but thanks. So, so just be aware. Okay, um, great. I got an and, understudy. Perfect. And he you got an understudy. You, uh, he and Donna Murphy will come <laughs> to Tuesday, your, your Tuesday afternoons that you don't do. Um, 
But no, he was saying that he wants to do a thing where um, we bring him. He's really hell bent on this idea, Kevin. And I keep okay. trying to tell him, I'm like, Dad, I don't know if it's a good idea, but thanks for the suggestion. He wants to come on, and he wants us to pretend that he's actually like somebody who was in the business, and like give him a fake name, and see how many like listeners <laughs> reach out and be like, "Oh, I remember Joe Smith and guys and dolls." But he like comes up with these stories. He's like, and then and then Sammy Khan directed me in Guys and Dolls, and that was in Baltimore. And then they fired him. They fired me for Stubby K. <laughs> and he wants to see how many people are like, I saw him. I saw him in Baltimore. I saw him before they fired Stubby K. <laughs> oh, that's so funny to me. I don't know I why. Like, I, think, I actually think it's brilliant. Now we've just given it away, so hopefully people will forget. Uh, no. by, by April 1st, people will forget. But oh, we, should, we should absolutely do that. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. So wait a minute. Oh, wow. so, oh, and we should tell people, you're probably noticing, I... I am Kevin will will tell you this. I am very fastidious about having a lot of episodes in the can ready to go just in case something should ever go awry. Fastidious is a good word. I would say obsessive slash uh, stressed out about it slash uh, there are many words that will go to it. But yes, fastidious is a good one. That's a good word. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And I miscalculated and I thought we had another one for this week that we weren't seeing each other. And then I realized, oh, my God, I, I counted wrong. And so Kevin and I are doing this over the phone. We still have not seen each other yet. So this no. is over the phone one. So you might notice a little disparity in the audio quality. But yes, thank you for your patience. Why. Yes, thank, thank you, you for your, for patience. your patience. Uh, and thank you, by the way, for all the kind words about the, the, the interviews that we've done recently with Kay and Tova and Ken Page. We got a lot of good. And, and Mimi, I'm still, Bob, I still cannot get over the ending of that interview when she's like, what's the oh. podcast? And you're oh. like, it's where you, I, I played it for my, for Sutton. I played it for my family. I mean, Sutton cried when she listened to it because it's just so, it's so moving. It, it's, it, I, it was just like, she's like, this is going to be here forever. And you were like, yeah. And she's like, Wow. I, that moment oh. was really, I, I, I was like, this is why we, we do it. That was really special. Oh, so, I yeah, loved it. Yeah. God, and a big thanks to Mark Sendroff for setting that up. Yes. Oh, Good that and, and Kay and, yeah, what a class act yeah. he is. Yeah, so thank yeah. you, Mark. We appreciate it. Um, what, so what is your favorite thing? Well, uh, mine's a little different than what I usually do because it's not a musical and it's not a cast recording and it's not even a YouTube clip. It's a documentary. Uh, it was, I, I never had heard of it uh, and I just watched it. Uh, and it came out in 2005. It's about, uh, it takes place in New York City. It is not necessarily about musicals. However, there are Broadway people that show up in it, actually. Um, and it's actually a dance documentary. Um, but not the kind of dance that you'd expect in something that's like, you know, really hardcore and all of that. But it's actually kids dancing. Uh, more specifically, 11-year-old fifth graders. What? Has, has anyone heard of the documentary that Nickelodeon put out called Mad Hot Ballroom in 2005. I saw it's, you talking about this on Facebook. I did. I am obsessed with it. It was. It's on Hulu, I believe, and I think you could probably get it other places and pay like the two fifty or whatever you have to pay nowadays. Uh, it's. It was directed by uh, a, a woman, Amy Suo, wrote it, and Marilyn. Um, uh, I can't read my own writing. Agrello, I think her name is, directed it. It's based on an article that uh, Miss Sewell wrote um, and, and in the early aughts about this program that exists 
in the New York City public schools um, for fifth graders, um, and it's uh, where they teach them ballroom dancing. Uh, we're talking like merengue, foxtrot, swing, uh, uh, one or two other versions, uh, uh, tango, uh, and the rumba. Um, and they, um, this guy started it in 1994 by the name of Pierre Dulaine, and he was a world-class ballroom uh, champion. Um, and he started this program to sort of teach kids how to not only how to dance, but how to carry themselves and how to interact with each other and just how to be good human beings. And ballroom was sort of the way in for that. And some of these schools, you have a lot of troubled kids. You have kids that the one school uh, in Washington Heights, uh, it's mostly Dominican, and they are 97% below the poverty line. And yet here they are learning how to ballroom dance, you know, and with each other. And it, it really shows um, the experience through the eyes of the students. And it's a very, very well done documentary. And basically what happens is they follow three schools, one uh, in Tribeca, more affluent kids, uh, one in Bensonhurst, which is uh, more Italian and Asian, and then the Washington Heights, the Dominican. Uh, and it follows the individual teachers teaching the kids how to do all these dances. You see the kids react. You see what they're what their observations of life are, which is very fascinating because they're so raw and they don't, they don't really judge themselves yet. And it's very innocent and very sweet. You actually can relate to it, but it all culminates with a citywide dance competition between all of the schools. And so they have the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and they have the eventual finals. And you follow each of these schools as they go into it, and I don't want to get anything away because I, w I literally jumped up and screamed at the end when I found out who won because it was just so special. Um, and um, what's cool, though, at the very end, you see the judges for the finale, you know, the final big one they did at the World, um, the World Bank, the World Center, um, what's it called? Uh, the Financial Center downtown with that big atrium. They performed there, and the judges were Graciela Danielle. Anne Lion King. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. there's Anne Lion King. I know that eyeliner anywhere. And then <laughs> I know that short hair anywhere. Um, and they were the judges for these little kids that were dancing. And they were, have, oh, it was just the sweetest thing. Um, and I was completely transfixed by it. And I just urge you all to go out and see it because the most important thing about it is you see why the arts are important in in our public schools. It is, it is, it is proof. And now this program, this, this program that this man, Pierre Dulaine, who incidentally, just side note, he was, after being a world champion ballroom dancer with his partner, he played, uh, he was in the original of Grand Hotel on Broadway. He choreographed the ballroom dance sequences. He was the gigolo in that. Oh my God. Uh, right? And then a couple years later, 1994, he started this thing called Dancing Classrooms, which is now, uh, 12, uh, over 12,000 students have been involved and it's still going to this day. And now he travels all over the world sharing this program of dance as a way, as a tool to make um, better human beings out of the students, you know, teaching them like life lessons as the way the arts can do, whether or not they go into dance or anything like that. You see these kids, you know, you see some of these kids that could have gone one direction and because of the yeah. thing, they swerved into the other. And so I walked away from this movie just being proud to be an artist, being mm. these teachers, Rob, and you see the way they're teaching these kids it is is magical because you know they're not getting paid enough money to do what they're doing, and yet yeah. they're spending they're spending their own money to buy the outfits. You can tell they're you know they they are they are invested in the lives of their students in a way that only a great wonderful teacher could be. And you can it, it's just I'm just I was proud. I was really proud to be in the arts and to be a teacher as well. And um, I, it's a must see for anyone out there that loves the arts. Um, it was it, it was a special movie. Uh, it was really really special. 
That is incredibly, incredibly touching. Yeah, so if you have a chance, go check out Mad Hot Ballroom. It is so, so worth it, and you really get to see. Um, in fact, when you're looking at these three schools, I kept thinking, I kept saying to Sutton, I was like, this feels like three different countries. These are three public schools in New York City. I mean, I, I can't believe that such diversity and such, um, you know, uh, it's just, I was, I was blown away by it. It was special. That's really wonderful. Was there like a follow-up with what happened to the kids since then? No, I, you better believe that I like started digging because I was like, "What? This is you know, this was you know, 17 years ago. They must be going on." I would be curious if any listeners um, know of any of the students that you know maybe they you know turned out somewhere. I, I I I think a couple of them went into the arts, but I don't know any names off the top of my head of of, of that you know are on Broadway and Hamilton right now. But um, but perhaps who knows? I'm sure though that there are students in the program that are a part of the docu series documentary. But I'm sure there are students who went through the program who eventually went into the arts. I mean, I, I imagine it has to be. So if you're someone out there who was was a part of this um, this dancing class, classrooms in your public school, if you went to New York City, I'd be really curious what your experience was with that. Um, and incidentally, the title song of this 2005 movie, the the uh, Mad Hot Bottom song, was written by Stephen Lutback, uh, who of a uh, gentleman's guide. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he wrote the title song for it. This was many years before Gentleman's Guide came out, even though he probably was writing Gentleman's Guide at this time. But um, I thought that was kind of interesting to see his name on there. So that was cool. That's really cool. Well, i got to watch it. I've heard the yeah. title go by, but I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, it's now, really now worth it. It's special. Yeah, a really uplifting, uh, feel-good, feel-good um, movie. Really wonderful. So check out Mad Hot Ballroom. Ooh, okay. I will check out Mad Hot Ballroom. And if, what do you have? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, sorry, transition. Go for it. Sorry. I oh, no, I was going <laughs> to <laughs> You sound like a like Lifetime movie. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You can do what you want. You can talk. You can, you can say what you want. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mine is a book. Mine is a book. Oh. It's a oh. book, and it's one of those books that I was like, how have we not talked about this before? And I went through to look at our catalog to see what we had talked about, and it was not on our list. And so I, huh. and I wanted to, uh, to talk about it. <laughs> um, huh. Is it written by Stephen Suskin? It is not. <laughs> Is it not written it. by? Is it written by Ethan Morden? It is not. It is not. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It was written by someone we've interviewed. Uh, Ted Chapin. Yes. Is it the um, it, uh, the Follies book? Everything was possible. 
I was just thinking about this today. I, that is so funny that I, I love Ted Chapin so much. He is such a great human being. Um, he is one that, of the kindest people. Yeah, uh, and I'm just uh, gosh, such a, such a fan. I uh, great, good job, Rob. I cannot believe we have not discussed this book yet. No, and we've even interviewed Ted. I know. <laughs> so how did this slip by? Um, so I was. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I was going through uh, my my old my house in L.A., and I was getting rid of a lot of books and donating them to the library. Oh. And there were, some, there were some books I'm like, oh, I don't want to give this away. I don't want to give this away. And one of them that I came across was the Everything Was Possible book. And the reason I didn't want to give it away was because I remembered one Christmas, my parents were like, what do you want more than anything? And I was like, <laughs> I want Ted Chafin's book, Everything Was Possible. And that's the last time I can remember myself really wanting something for Christmas. Oh. Doctor, what does that mean? I don't know, but it's adorable. Um, so for those of you who aren't aware, Ted Tapin, who is the president of the Rogers and Hammerstein organization, um, although I think he might have a different title now. No, is he still? I feel like he, that, that didn't that change for him at some point? I, I think, think you are correct. And, and anyway, no, you can go, oh, yeah. you can go listen to a number. I forget what number it is. Insert number 20 something uh, of our interview with Ted. We'll post that as well. Just to follow oh, up on that. It was so yeah. great. And if you remember Ted, uh, Ted's father was Skylar Chapin who was the, the GM over at the Metropolitan Opera, and he was the Commissioner of Cultural Affairs for New York City and all that stuff. He had a pretty um, incredible life. And Ted was always interested in doing theater. And so Ted uh, you know, was a PA on a couple of shows and all that stuff. And somehow he was able to um, get himself a gopher position mm-hmm. on this new Hal Prince, Stephen Sondheim musical called The Girls Upstairs which was later changed into Follies. And what Ted did, which was so brilliant, was at 20, he kept a diary because he had to turn in um, um, the diary for credit for his classes. That was like his gophering was his independent study. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that's your independent study? You're going to watch Follies being created. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So he oh, hi, Hal. Hi, hi, Hal. Hi, everybody. Oh, Michael Bennett, nice awesome. to see you. It's great to see you, yes. What, what, what was your name, Mark Bennett? Yeah. Michael Bennett. Nice hey. to meet oh, you. Oh, Michael, great. Okay. Nice to oh, meet my you. Gosh. Um, and so he kept this diary uh, that he was attending to turn in for class, and then years later, once he realized that this show was changed, changed the musical theater landscape, he decided to go back, look at the diaries again, and publish them. Great. And so what Everything Was Possible is about is really a bird's-eye view of a creation of one of the most incredible musicals in musical theater history. But from the point of view of, we don't know what this thing is. Right. And, so you, and so you read that, like, going in, there was no Loveland sequence. That was fully formed at this point. Um, and characters were changing, lines were changing. It seems that musicals back then were so much more experimental in the rehearsal process, as opposed to today where it's like they have 95 workshops. And oh, then we'll... You're right. You're exact. I just was reading, I mean, I, like you do, yesterday I was reading Sondheim, that book, you know, uh, Finishing the Hat, and I, I literally was on the Follies chapter, and I was flabbergasted when I saw when he wrote, oh, yeah, we didn't really know how it was going to end when we were in rehearsals, and, you know, we, we added this, and then we realized, oh, it's going to be Ben's breakdown. Not, I, I thought, how in the world could you be two weeks in 
of a Broadway rehearsal, and then you don't even know how you're going to end it yet. It blows my mind. Yeah, isn't I mean, it's so incredible. I mean, the one musical that I think in the past maybe 10 years that maybe comes close, and listeners correct me, is I feel that Shuffle Along was like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Shuffle Along was, was having new a lot of new changes being put in and put out right. during the rehearsal process while they were playing in front of an audience. But yeah. that's something we don't have anymore. Now it's, it's right. simply like we'll workshop it to death, and then, you know, maybe this light will be blue instead of pink, right. and we'll call we'll it a day. Lucky. Yeah. And, and we'll and, get lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and for someone like Ted to, to have been there in sort of like a, an observing, non-pressured role – and to get his observations on that with, with sort of no, you know, he doesn't, didn't care one way or the other. He was just observing it. I, I think that's uh, pretty sensational. And one of the things he does in the book, which I think is so incredible, is he, do, he, he, create, he recreates these stories, but not with hindsight, not with saying, and, you know, and losing my mind is, his most, is the most brilliant ballot. He does not, he does not put that on there. Or, you know, John McMartin's performance was, was one of the most epic in musical theater. He doesn't, he doesn't come in from that point of view. It's, almost, it's like you are in the room as this is being created. So thank wow. God Ted needed some college credit. Oh, amazing. Because otherwise, who would know? I mean, he, and he's also got some really fun stories in there about some of – he was in, uh, tasked to escort some of the older ladies around. Oh. And and they took a liking to him, and then two of them got jealous over him. Um, <laughs> you know, good old Ted. Um, right. But anyway, the the book is really this brilliant observation of how the geniuses of musical theater, Hal Prince, Stephen Sondheim, Michael Bennett, Boris Aronson, uh, who am I forgetting, Florence Klotz, um, you know. Kelly Aldridge, people, yeah. You know, all of these people that coming coming together to create this beautifully epic piece of musical theater. And the fact that he was there, like I said, is really fascinating. So if you get a chance, pick up a copy of Everything Was Possible by Ted Chapin. The book came out, I believe, in 2003. Um, and it's really fabulous. And there seems to be so much more folly stuff going on. Did you see the MTY? I did not get to see that yet. Uh, I, 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 I failed. <laughs> you didn't fail. You didn't fail. So the, as maybe our listeners know, but there's the Imelda Staunton just did Follies at the National Theater in London. And there, thank God for NT Live. National Theater Live is broadcasting it. And uh, I, did, I have not seen it, but I hear it's quite stunning. Yeah, um, I heard that as well. Yeah. So I think it's wonderful to just go back and, and revisit this. And also the forward is by the wonderful Frank Rich, who wrote, mm-hmm. whose whole career was really made off mm-hmm. of his Harvard Crimson review for Follies when he was just a college student. Right. Um, Follies, what is it about Follies that is so powerful? Because people just worship it. They Absolutely do. I, worship it. I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that it's one of those shows that the older you get, you get something out of it different. Uh, as you age, mm, that it, it, mm. it's a sh- and I think that there's something about nostalgia and the road you didn't take, and what that I think that, I, I don't know. This is my own hypothesis, but I, I wonder if people connect to that, that sort of looking back and wondering what you could have done, and also the way that it just it just it it, it, it is it ate like wine. It ages beautifully as you get older with it. I think I think that's a brilliant way of putting it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, no, I agree with you totally, because I remember listening to it when I was younger and, and 
liking it and going, oh, that's really smart. That's really smart. I wonder what it's like to feel that way. And then, and now being like, well, now I know what it's like to feel that way. And then I think in 20 years to say, I really know what it's like to feel that way. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a big part of it for sure. I mean, I think this show is summed up perfectly in Ben's song, The Road Didn't Take, because every single character is dealing with a regret, and we all have regrets in our life. And we all sit there and we all daydream about what could have been, what might have been, had we done A or had we done B. And that's universal, whether it's, you know, a bunch of people at a folly show or it's, you know, us in our own lives. That doesn't go away. That just doesn't go away. Right. And also, I think it's one of Sondheim's most clever scores. I mean, the fact that there's so much, and he he says this, it's, I, it's not, you know, telling tales out of school, but the fact that he tries to emulate Berlin, or he tries to emulate oh, Cole Porter, yes. or De Silva Brown and Henderson, you oh, know, and, and he does oh, it yeah. so brilliantly. And Porter, I, I was just reading that in the Finishing the Hat book, because he said, he says, well, this is a song I was trying to do Porter. This is a song I was doing Porter, but with Dorothy Fields lyrics. I mean, that specific he was trying to get, I, it blows my mind. It's really incredible. It's really incredible. And to think of, I mean, you know, we we did not see it, obviously. But how many people do you know of a certain age that you'll say, what's your favorite musical? And they will say the word follies as if they were speaking of something religious. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. It's, 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 it's reverent. It's, it's, it's a reverent piece. It's sacred to them. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's sacred. So I so wonder what that experience was like to have sat in that theater and, yeah. and seen that show play out. I mean, we've seen productions of it since. Yeah. Um, but, and there must have been, you know, somebody was saying this, and I can't remember who, I feel like it was one of our listeners who was saying that, oh, you know what, who it is? I think it's John Mass who, who tweets at us all the time. Oh, he's, yeah. the one who's, he's the one who's angry that we don't have the Helen Gallagher episode anymore. <laughs> I'm angry too, Sean. I'm but, so John, I'm telling you, we're trying. She just oh won't pick up God. the phone anymore. She hates oh, us. my God. Um, she hates but, us. He's, but he was saying what was really interesting about the original that we don't really have today in any of the productions is the nostalgia value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, Dorothy Collins, when people saw her on stage, there was this automatic nostalgia that came. We, I mean, I was trying to think, who would that be today? You know, who, who today do we feel nostalgia for when we, when we see them going, oh, my God, they're still around? Joyce DeWitt? You know. To, let me tell you something, Kevin. I just met Joyce DeWitt tonight for the first time. And I'm a happy man. I am a happy man. She <laughs> hugged me. She said, what do you want to be called, Robert or Rob? Oh. Robert. I said, Rob is fine. She said, you can call me Joycey. She took photos of everybody <laughs> no, in the did. lobby, everybody in the rehearsal hall. Oh, yes, that is a pro. She could that do pro. anything she wants, period. I need to lay down now, Kevin. I'm very angry. <laughs> <laughs> and just for the record, tell us why you met her, even though this will have aired after the concert, but you do have to oh. say it out loud. Absolutely. So we did at 54 Below, we did Candor and Ebbs. You probably have heard me mention this now 90 times, so I'm showing for it like crazy. No, um, no, no. Candor and Ebbs, Woman of the Year, which is this, I'm sorry, I think it's a fantastic score that does not get the due that it deserves. I don't you know why it has. I really do. I think it's so It's much a favorite fun. thing. It was a favorite thing. It was I a mean, favorite hello. thing. Um, but I'm always I'm like, why has an encores done this mm-hmm. at some point? Patty Lapone and Mandy Patinkin? Done. Or Marin and Stokes again. Oh. 
maybe Andy Carl and Orfe, whatever. <laughs> or, or um, yeah, or Marin and her husband, Jason Daniel. Or Marin and Jason. We've got, we've got options here, people, and no one was doing it, so I stepped in. <laughs> yeah. Woman of the year. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, though, but uh, we're yeah we're doing we're, we're doing it on Thursday. Although the episode or we're doing it on Wednesday, so you know this episode will come out on Thursday. And based on the rehearsals, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, Amazing. the cast sounds fantastic, and we tried to get, you know, we tried to celebrate what Lauren Bacall brought to it originally, which mm. was this cult-like status. And so we have, like, Joyce DeWitt, who doesn't really do musical theater. She's known for television. Or Eve Plum, who was Jan on The Brady Bunch. Oh. Like like that. And then we have, like, Lipsinka, John Epperson is in it. And Christine Petty and Julia Murney and Dee Hody and Anita Gillette. I mean, it's just like this revolving door of, of brilliance. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm really, oh, really excited for it. Nice. That's how I got to meet. Joyce DeWitt. Joyce DeWitt. And she has the opening number of the show, and I hope the other actors aren't going to be angry, but as soon as she's done, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out of I'm there. Just, I'm literally walking out with her. Nothing else to live for. <laughs> and be like, goodbye, Joyce. But no, she's, oh. she's very, very sweet, and she's, she's wonderful. Oh, uh, but great. that's, yeah, yeah. But, I was, yeah, but that, nostal- that idea of nostalgia, you know, who who do we look at today and go, oh, you know, we feel something for them because Dorothy Collins was television sweetheart. So who, who is, I mean, who do we have today in the past 30 or 40 years that would be television sweetheart? So television sweetheart, but still does stage. That would be like Alexis Smith was that movie star, but then she sort of, you know, is that what you kind of mean? I mean, I don't know if I'm understanding. Yeah. No, no, no. That's absolutely right. Like who would, like when you saw Alexis Smith, you would, you would go, Oh my God, she used to be so pretty. Right. She used to be this. She used to be that. Or like, Um, uh, no, no, Nanette, um, you know, those ladies, Patsy Kelly. Yes. Yes. I I see what you're saying. Like who has done that recently that came out of nowhere and was like, Oh wow. Oh gosh. I just love Angela Lansbury, except she's ever present. I was thinking like a Kim Basinger or a Michelle Pfeiffer or Helen yeah. like like, so, like an actress who was very popular for a while and then just sort of faded away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's tough. That's tough. So I don't, I don't it's know. So, show, it's such a entertainment it's show business, such a fickle industry, you know, and so it is possible to have been at the very, very top. And then so that's how Mimi Hines killed me because I never, she was never on my radar until I met Mark Sendroff and then we interviewed her and I was so ignorant until I did my research, you know, and, and to find out that this, you know, she's a mega, mega star in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know. That's um, what I find so fascinating. Every time they do a Follies production, I find that the supporting players are mm, cast with that element of nostalgia indeed. where you go, oh my gosh, they're still around? Yeah. Or, oh, I remember her, but it's not for the leads. But the original production right. had that for the leads as well, if yeah. not more so, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you know, exactly Bernadette right. Peters comes on, and you're like, that is Bernadette fucking Peters. That is a star. Right, right. That's wow. a good one. Maybe our listeners will have some ideas of, of, yeah. of you know, legends of yore that we are nostalgic about that we'd love to see again, uh, you know, other than Joyce DeWitt, of course. <laughs> I think she would be, she would be a great Sally. Mm. Actually, yeah, you're right. She looked great. She sent me that. Yeah, I'm just, sorry, no. I'm just saying she looks fantastic. <laughs> and Patrick Duffy can be Ben Stone. Oh, I yeah. Need, I need, I need, and you know what? He's still working. Suzanne Southers. 
get her in. Richard, I want. Sally Struthers. I mean, Sally Struthers. I mean, oh, Sally. Sally Struthers is Sally Plummer. Is actually a really good idea with Rob Reiner's buddy. <laughs> this is great. I'm excited. That's I can't all, see this. You know, hey, hey, hey! I'm casting it. Um, Don Johnson is Ben Stone. And then you need it. Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong could be in there somewhere. I mean, Cheech and Chong as the couple. I was going to say the Cheech and Chong can sing Rain on the Roof. Yes, exactly. Maybe that's what it needs. Maybe it's a re- reunion of like a laughing type show. Yeah. Oh, I like watching laughing sometimes. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll, we'll just bump it up. So right? well, Kevin, I, I think we oh. really, really come up with some great ideas tonight. <laughs> you're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. You're, you're welcome, world. You're welcome. Yep. And then oh, next boy. week, actually, it'll be exciting because Kevin and I, next week or the week after, we're going to be, we're seeing a lot of shows. Oh, right. We're catching up a little bit. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. Bands visit. Ooh. I, got, I got tickets to see SpongeBob. Oh, you're I'm fancy. Fr- I'm very excited. I'm excited to see yeah. new musicals, new voices. Huzzah. Huzzah indeed, my friend. <laughs> so once again, my my favorite thing besides Dreamcasting Follies, nostalgia appropriately, please, we'll take ideas, um, is Ted Chapin's wonderful book, Everything Was Possible. Amazing. And mine was Mad Hot Ballroom, the documentary from 2005. Check it out. All right. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.